Hey, welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast. Uh, this is the interview edition, and I'm your host today, Roland Smith. And uh, really, really excited to have uh, my good friends, Jeremy and Monica Chambers, on with us today. Um, they are in Richmond, Virginia, and um, help coach and curate and lead and partner with a lot of missional expressions in Richmond. and. Uh, they're also kind of for, part of our Forge tribe, and what's really exciting is they uh, they released a new book, uh, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But welcome, you guys. Glad you could join me from Richmond. Good to see your faces. Yeah. Thanks. Happy yeah. to see you. I yeah. know, and we and we also we actually uh, got to be face to face in Colorado Springs just a few weeks ago because you guys were out here on vacation and. Got to have uh, burgers at Bingo Burger, which was really, really good. All right. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, cool. Well, um, just so for people that don't know you, I know a lot of people in the Forge Tribe know who you are. Um, uh, Give the people that don't know you just a little bit of background and, you know, maybe... uh, What what would be your kind of elevator pitch of your faith journey and and that what you're doing now um, in Richmond. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Yeah, we both we both grew up in Christian families. Our parents, Monica's family is in Costa Rica, mine was in Pennsylvania. And there were families that were doing various types of mission work or church ministry. Um, and I guess we both independent of each other, had an interesting sense of a call to follow in that direction in terms of thinking about being active participants in the kingdom of heaven and making those kind of investments, planting seeds uh, of love, caring for people around us. Yeah, yeah. So um, we looked at into different cities. My background is a little bit of global missions work and just really was asking the question uh, after I saw a lot of what's happening all around the world, I was saying, well, can we do some of that here? You know, small expressions of church, house churches, uh, micro churches that multiply and are able to reach all sorts of people. So we just started experimenting in Richmond, Virginia about eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. So what, what did some of those beginning experiments um, look like? Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, there is a bunch, like from little groups gathering in a park, a bunch of groups gathering in restaurants for the sake of even like ministering to people, like workers or regulars in those restaurants, um, from gamer groups. <laughs> yeah, we had a group that climbed rocks yeah rock climbers rock climbing group. so um, were you were you curating all of these were you like doing invitations to all of these and just kind of um trying to jump start them and see see kind of what stuck yeah it's yeah typically we would just start praying and ask one or two people to join us and we would meet weekly and pray and say well is there a people group in the city that we can serve or is there some cause in the city that we can participate in? Uh, and usually out, out of that little 
there's, we almost always started with just two and out of that, something else uh, kind of sprang out. Yeah. And it often came out of the people, like those four or so. Um, usually the two others, if it was four of us, including Jeremy and I, it would be from the two others. Like what was the Lord kind of putting on their hearts for, for longing to see the kingdom of heaven here in Richmond? And um, everybody is different and so there were different so many different expressions by just asking that question and then saying how can we do this as a community yeah so did you see um i guess you saw some that like um didn't last for whatever reason right and so was it kind of a process of just kind of always innovating and you know looking for what the Lord wanted a birth, that kind of thing, and and then letting go of what didn't keep going. Yeah, um, you know, it, I, I forget who said it, but every community has uh, should have the freedom to continue or to stop or to multiply, right? So you want yeah. each community to be prayerfully discerning what yeah. they need to do. Uh, so there's some that I think might have just been. Uh, their season was just to be a, a short period of time, uh, a period of learning to follow Jesus together while loving others. Um, yeah. And I can still look back at some that only lasted a few months that were still wildly powerful for me. Right. Uh, and right. for the other people within. Yeah. 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 And I ask that stuff because I, I think that's even informative for our times right now because, you know, church, church communities that are typically brick and mortar, like I'm meeting several people that um, are part of, you know, larger church communities um, that are now trying to do more neighborhood kind of stuff. And so it's interesting watching people kind of innovate and seeing what kind of new things God might birth in neighborhoods, you know, as a result of uh, being a dispersed church right now. So, you know, that it's okay to try stuff, let it be for a season, don't put too much pressure on it. And if it continues, it continues. If it doesn't, you know, then it was great for a season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, whatever is birthed can, will end at some point. Um, and the timelines are often different depending on lots of things. But there's a, there's a freedom almost to know that what you're doing, you don't have to have it last forever. Um, and so that allows a freedom to then um, maybe experiment a little bit more and just have the priority of, um, you know, having as long as we are disciples trying to learn to follow Jesus together and be with others who want to do that too. Um, that's really all that matters. And so however long that specific group might last, they'll be shaped so that then they'll interact with others wherever the Lord takes them. And that shaping and disciple making and being a disciple will continue. And so sometimes the timeline then doesn't feel so um specifically like intense i guess because yeah. there's a freedom um that comes with it that's such a 
that's such a contrast to, um, you know, to traditional church planting as well. And of course there's strengths and weaknesses in all kinds of ecclesiologies. So it's not a bad and good thing. It's a, it's a, um, different strengths and weaknesses, but you know, a brick and mortar kind of community is going to have like more resources or that kind of thing together. But there is that pressure to maintain that thing, right? For it, like it's an eternal um, lifespan, you know, whereas what you're talking about is kind of this, um, you know, just listening to the spirit of God and kind of flowing in and out of people's lives and walking together. And uh, so that, that seems really cool. Um, also, so you guys have, I, I know from your story, you've, uh, you started this about eight years ago in Richmond, kind of um, doing these missional communities, and and um, um, and you've been building that to kind of a little like a core group or community, right? In Richmond, I mean, um, explain a little bit about the network that's going on there in Richmond. I think some some groups probably are a little more. Uh, connected to your curation and some or your coaching. Uh, what does all that look like in Richmond right now? Yeah, it looks like a little bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There's, there's some groups that we've started. There's some groups that have multiplied out from those. Uh, and we have a, we found a bunch of peers in the city who are doing similar sorts of things. Um, and some of them are in different denominations, but they're all very oriented around just what does it mean to live in the kingdom of heaven and be doing kingdom uh, ministry. And uh, there's been just a growing number of peers that we all gather and encourage one another. Uh, so it, it's interesting because while there is a, uh, there's a network of house churches that that we're connected to that we might've helped catalyze. Mm -hmm. There's these other smaller networks around us that are now, we're kind of all partnering together and creating different synergies in different ways. That's um, cool. Yeah. So, and it's, it's beyond Richmond at this point, it's in other, some other cities and other States. And yep. so we, yeah, and not even like many of the groups don't even have names or websites. They're just you're so kidding me. They, <laughs> they're not a five hundred one c three and like. Oh man, we have one, but uh, not yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we'll talk about how people can connect with you <laughs> in a little bit. But um, so yeah, so so some of them are just groups of people getting together. They're not necessarily branding themselves and 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 all of that. What what do you talk about some of the different liturgies? Like what what are the different expressions that you're seeing in your network? Mm -hmm. Wow, I feel like it's a little bit of everything. There's there's some that are each group is different. Yeah. And you have some that are more um, closer, closely linked to different mainline denominations. So like there's some Presbyterian or uh, Anglican or uh, yeah. And then there's others that might have more of just 
there's some charismatic and then some that are definitely not charismatic. So would you say that of those groups that most of them, uh, you know, kind of follow those denominational um, liturgical expressions um, or are, you know, what I'm getting at is like, do you have a certain number that are like kind of table church type things and some of them more around sports or, you know, or other activities? It, yes. It's, it's a little bit of all of that. Uh, there are some that meet and do like services and in a very much more. And there's others that are literally just gathering at the table. Yeah. yeah. And some that are, I think, um, I mean, there's so many in scripture, there's so many practices, right, that we can right. do to connect with God as a community. And so, um, like, we often encourage people to find what, um, what that specific group wants to practice. Um, obviously, there's like prayer, reading, and, and, um, you know, reading even out loud scripture and um, different aspects of worship, but even like worship can be reimagined in so many ways. Like some of our groups that met at restaurants, they couldn't do worship with music. And so, you know, they got creative with like reading through Psalms in a worshipful way, or like um, there's just so many different things that that different groups kind of became, have become really creative with. And so, um, I mean, obviously we encourage people to really um, just be conscious of what are the practices that will help you all as a community to connect with God, to connect with each other, and then to connect with others outside of your community. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I, I know that your experience and your your thinking and the things you've learned, um, you guys packaged recently in a cool book um, called Kingdom Contours, um, empowering everyday people with the tools to shape kingdom movements, um, which I love all that language. I got to say, it's a really cool book cover design too. I'm, I'm like, I'm a creative, you know, so I'm like drawn by the cover. Um, I often order movies or get or watch movies on Netflix based on the graphic. <laughs> so that's the most important thing. So it's um, just really good. It's published by Table Network and Missional Challenge Publishing. T- talk a little bit about, um, and I, I noticed a couple of cool things in here, you know, I want to talk about, but um, what, what led you to want to, take on a book because I, I did this like two years ago and it was like a bucket list kind of thing. And I don't think I realized how difficult it is to tr- really try to write and craft a book well. Um, and this is written really well and looks really good. So what, what made you want to take this on in the first place? Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, I get. I mean, maybe ten or so years ago, I started writing some practice books, <laughs> yeah. um, and they were all really terrible. Um, I mean, they had good nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was 2017. We were having a conversation where, uh, you know, we, I was talking to Monica about how 
often people are hearing about what we're doing. They're seeing some of the cool things happening that the Lord is doing here in Richmond and a lot of different uh, pastors and missionaries like, well, what resources do you recommend? And I would recommend like a list of 20 books. And I was getting tired of recommending all of this stuff that no one was going to read. And so Monica said, well, what would it look like if you could put it all in one place? Like it, like what would like the perfect book look like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, cause that's like, that's like seminary, right? Jeremy, it's like you, like you get a, they get you to get like, you know, eight to 12 books and then you only read pieces of them, you know? So the important pieces out of them. Yeah. 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 Um, And so, yeah, when Monica was like, well, what would it look like? Um, I just thought of this outline. And and the first thing is I thought, man, Alan Hirsch's book, The Forgotten Ways, um, he has the six missional DNA elements. Um, And I thought that would basically serve as an outline. But then I just kind of started pulling out all these other resources. and, And then... For 30 days, uh, we began crafting the manuscript, um, and the the majority of it was done in 30 days. And wow, uh, yeah, like the more like the brain dump almost in a way. Yeah. yeah, and then it went through like tons and tons and tons of edits. So everyone who's edited it has like made this book what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, and starting with MDNA, um, I mean, you can't go wrong with starting with anything from Alan, actually. So, um, so that was great. I was, you know, I was struck with, um, and I actually got um, a copy of this for each of our team members for the network that we're launching uh, here in Colorado Springs. And, um, we were on a trip uh, to do some filming and um, the other two guys that were with me kind of started reading through it. And uh, we were all talking about uh, commenting on um, how, um, you know, I don't know if basic is the right word, but it seems like you guys really believe in, you know, let's start at point one, you know, like one of your points is, I mean, you can't make disciples until you're a disciple. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like these duh moments of uh, leadership. Um, but t- I wanted to kind of prod you a little bit about that because the goal of this book and the goal for all of us is is not that we just create churches, but that we start movements, you know, which is part of the title of this book. And so talk about just your, I don't know, the, the way you look at the basics of faith and kind of the basics of starting with a really good foundation in order to create movement. I don't know who said this, but often when you look at what was formerly a movement, uh, when it's in its maybe plateau phase or if it's dying, the way to rekindle that thing is to tap into the very elements that were present at the very beginning. Um, And so to get back to those 
<laughs> just the like i mean that's that's actually what Hirsch's kind of point is with the forgotten ways right. like, this is how this this worldwide true christianity started with just some very core elements right. um, and so if we recover them we actually recover the and to use his term he always says recover the potency of it mm-hmm. um or the dna so, of it yeah yeah right yeah. Um, once you remove one of those irreducibly minimum minimal requirements, <laughs> you right. you're going to come up. You're going to have something else than the original movement, right? So if we take any of these elements out, we we create something new, which may not be what we want. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. No, it it absolutely does. So so what are the you know when you when you interact with someone with this particular book i mean how are now that it's out what how are you taking people through it is this kind of your your training guide or your textbook for coaching and stuff now is this how you do it instead of like asking them to buy 20 books (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, this is it this is uh, except alan if you're listening we we still make them buy all of yours so (laughs) (laughs) yes oh for sure um, I did, I, I came across a lot of people who would, um, often they, they didn't, they weren't patient with Alan's work. And for me, I could read Alan all day long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love his yeah. stuff. Um, and so people are like, I can't, I can't understand it. So hopefully we were, part of our goal was to make it a little bit more accessible, uh, and a little easier to read a little less theoretical. I don't know if, if, if we accomplished that or not. Um, yeah. But yeah, I we, think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have taken uh, a group through this, uh, kind of beta tested it and they all gave feedback and that was just an awesome experience. Uh, you know, and it's also cool because once I put this on my shelf, I literally was able to take three or four other books off my shelf and say, okay, I got the selections out of them. Now I have it all in one space. I just saved some room on my shelf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's another aspect too with the, with this of like, we, yeah, we ideally almost a group would go through this together Mm -hmm. and would be kind of shaped by it. And so um, you're, you just start, you know, with that first chapter of the Trinitarian Christocentric and like, just remembering like, this is what our, foundation of our faith is about and even a group just even coming together for the sake of delving deeper into that is going to bring some really beautiful things and it was cool to see because I think we did it like we would meet once a month and so each person would or everybody would read through a chapter a month and then come together and kind of talk about um you know what what jumped out at them what were some highlights and then also what were some practices that they maybe would start because of it. Um, And it was cool to see by the end how different parts really struck different people in different ways within the group. And then how the, the dialogue over it um, allowed for a deeper kind of pressing into the the content a little bit more. And then of course, seeking to 
this group specifically was already kind of more of a group of practitioners. So they were already very missional minded and already doing a lot, but it also invigorated them towards that. Yeah. So, um, so can you, can you just kind of walk everyone through, through the book and kind of like the big picture things, you don't have to go into depth, the big picture things that you cover and when, what order you cover them in, because I think, since this is a book where you kind of pulled all of your favorite knowledge and books and things that you like together, I'm assuming this is the order of things that you coach in and the things that you like to talk about, you know, when you're coaching people into missional practice. So uh, maybe just kind of walk through, um, you know, what the book walks through. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we start with, a chapter just about Jesus as Lord, uh, and the title is Christocentric and Trinitarian, uh, especially in part of the reason for really focusing on those two is, um, those are perhaps two of the most significant things that set Christianity historically apart from other religions, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, we believe in a father, son, and Holy spirit, not just, I mean, (laughs) that's a very complex, and unique theological foundational component that that we it seems that it's often it is often forgotten and neglected in discipleship books you pick up books on discipleship and you realize it's like well i don't see this there uh so we really just had to put that front and center in a christ-centered um sort of foundation Especially because, like, the, if you really start to get into the Trinity, like, it changes everything. Like, it changes right. how we do community, how we do discipleship, how we read scripture, even almost like it, it affects everything. And if we have that at the core, um, yeah, it's really important. Right. Yeah. So the, the next chapter is on discipleship, being and making Jesus followers. Uh, and Again, we just figured that that's actually the context from which everything else in the book would flow, right? Um, Our goal isn't to go plant churches. Uh, Our goal is to make disciples, and and then out of that, churches might form. Um, And even when we think of different missional tasks, if we isolate that from discipleship, you're going to come up with a very different end result, right? So well, and and if they're at chapter two, then supposedly they got chapter one about community, and so they're going to do it in community, right? <laughs> so that is a church. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the discipleship chapter three is incarnational living, um, was adopting a missional strategic mindset. So really. Uh, in the context of discipleship, then what does it mean to live as incarnations, right? Like the work Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us and uh, he modeled out a life for us to live. And as followers of Jesus, we go out and we incarnate his love to those around us. And that's really, that's the foundational element in our mission is receiving his love and then passing his love towards others. Um, chapter four is movement wisdom, which is a lot more about uh, 
the, the elements that lend themselves to simple reproducibility, uh, things that are easy to multiply, uh, the DNA, and it gets into APEST or the Ephesians 4 concept of apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Um, Chuck, oh yeah, go ahead. That aspect of movement wisdom too is something that like we, like if one actually does some of this, it and takes away the, as Alan calls them, the movement killers, um, you can really start to see a really cool um, movement dynamic. Um, and if you, yeah, if you actually kind of take seriously the movement aspects of it, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And we, we, I mean, we pulled a lot also from J.R. Woodward in his, uh, his book, church as movement, uh, for that chapter. And, um, also a lot from another guy, Bill Hull, and some of his writings about discipleship that multiplies. So then, yeah, chapter five is organic systems, which is that that's an actual term that Hirsch used, but you know, it's the idea of creating systems and structures that are natural and easy to reproduce. And so that's a little bit more focused on how we structure, um, and I, I would even say, you know, that, cause again, this is also a, a table network resource. So the guys at, at table network, that's something that we were drawn to with them is just this organic, they'd meet at tables, <laughs> the table yeah. church. They, Imagine that. <laughs> they've recovered these free, freeing principles of just, here's how we can live in organic, yeah. natural ways that lend themselves towards the movement. Um, And so, yeah, we we do rely on a lot of some of their content there as well. And the final chapter is deep community, taking on risks by faith. Um, And so actually that was probably the the trickier chapter to write uh, because communities, you know, we can get into all the theory of these other things, but communities where we receive... (laughs) the the litmus test of what we're doing right you know it bruises (laughs) yeah community's hard yeah yeah but it's worth it yeah yeah and then you have an appendix uh baby steps which is basically how to start a microchurch and be totally (laughs) successful at it no (laughs) i added that second part yeah (laughs) yeah you know it's like one page but really the the point of that page is like someone could pick this up they could read that page and just start praying, meeting with the yeah. people, and next thing you know, you'll see what the Lord will do. Um, yeah, and that's that really is it. Like that that one page is kind of the whole point of the book, right? This yeah. the book yeah. is some theory, but you know, uh, where two or three gather in the name of Christ, His presence is there. Sure, power to that. Yeah, yeah. people being the church, and right. it doesn't take much in a lot of ways. And it's very simple. And yeah, I think we often try, like we as humans try to make it more complicated than what God kind of <laughs> intended it to be. Yeah, it seems like we've done that through the ages. <laughs> kind of made it more complicated. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, well, I I highly recommend um, grabbing this and it's on Amazon and kind of all the places you can get books, right? And where else can they get in touch with you guys? 
Um, do you have a cool website of your own? <laughs> we, um, we don't have like, we have like a, there's a forge website. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cause you're part of, you're part of the forge network, um, and utilize forge resources as well. So what's your forge, um, website address for people? I think it's just it's forgeregiment.com. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they can contact you through there. Yeah. Are you, um, are you doing any online coaching with your book and stuff, or are you kind of willing to do that with people maybe that are listening? Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, we've done it already and we'll continue to do it. So yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you have any coming up, any like cohorts or anything like that coming up? Um, I mean, not officially, but there's, I think there's always a few coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would do one. So if any of the listeners uh, want to contact you guys and put together a kind of an online cohort to go through the book, I'd love to do it also. So, um, well, I, I uh, man, I so appreciate you too. And just your, I love your simplicity for, the kingdom and just movement and uh, trying to disciple people, you know, in the way that God shows you to do it. It's uh, it always causes me to kind of slow down and, you know, just see myself as way too complicated uh, sometimes to be around people that just get it simply. And um, I, I just appreciate your heart for the kingdom and what you're doing in Richmond. So thank you guys for being with us and, uh, Blessings to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah,